Hello everyone and welcome back to Face for Radio. It is Sam here. I know I haven't done one of these in quite a while, but you know, the sun is up outside, the birds are singing and I am feeling good. And I just wanted to pop on before the episode here and let everyone know that the plan actually worked. And I am delighted to inform you all that today's episode is brought to you by Roan. Roan is clothing that inspires men to live healthy, strong and free. Building best-in-class products is no easy task. In fact, it is a gruelling process of trial, error and at times unexpected success. Roan work tirelessly to ensure the products you order exceed expectations. Roan is clothing made for men, specifically for everything from the gym to the office, and we are teaming up with them and Podgo to bring our listeners this exclusive offer of 25% off a pack of three Roan polo shirts by going to podgo.co slash Roan. That's podgo, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O slash R-H-O-N-E for 25% off a pack of three polos. Roan, clothing that helps you move forward forever. I hope you enjoy the episode, guys. Hello, gang, and welcome back to this brand new episode of Face for Radio. Hey, <laughs> Let's get cracking. Both of you, good boys. Yeah, I'm good boy. Oh, it's, it's, it's not like it sounds like you're talking to a dog. That you're a good boy. Yeah, I get I get that a lot though. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? It's me. Because Ruben is like the excitable little puppy that he is. That's true. That's exactly me. Just for today. My name is Samuel Brown. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam Brown. And I am joined by a man, a myth, a legend. He is to musical theatre what Snoop Dogg is to musical (laughs) theatre. It's Scott Copeland, everyone. (laughs) I mean, I don't don't really need to add add on to that, do I? I mean... I mean, I, the, the man, the myth, the legend, I am what, to musical theatre, what Snoop Dogg is to musical theatre. Yeah, that's all, you, that's all you need to know, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, it's hard to tell if I'm insulted or, or complimented that, yes, Sam's compared oh. me to Snoop Dogg, but also he's compared me to Snoop Dogg. For the first <laughs> time of the new year. I'm crying a bit. <laughs> and... Who's that speaking over there? It could only be one person, the recognised Facebook top follower of Wheelbarrows Weekly. It's Ruben Austin! Whoop, 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 whoop. Hi guys, it's me, Ruben Austin, and I'm here to um, show you the, the, the new <laughs> haul I've got. I've got several <laughs> tiny wheelbarrows. Thank you very much. Over to you, Sam. Oh, we are going downhill fast. Badly. Yeah. <laughs> I think we, no, I, I, think, I think we peaked at like episode four. <laughs> Yeah, now it's just us laughing really high pitched. Seriously, it, 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 it was pho- it was phobias, and then it went like down. I mean, <laughs> that's a bit insulting to our guests who came way after that. Hang on, <laughs> yeah, but when Coral and Coral and Truman started, that peaked it up a bit again. Yeah, Coral Coral brought high numbers in, you know. Did you? Yeah, she did. Oh, shout out to Coral if she's listening. Come back on. Truman didn't do as well because Truman doesn't engage in social media. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, but it's, we can let him yeah. off. It's Truman. We can because we enjoyed it, and that's all we make the podcast for. Yeah, for ourselves. Hey, listeners, it's not about you. <laughs> the people who the people who listen in their thousands. Okay, yeah. no, yep. no they're tens. Let me just yep. check the figures. Oh yeah, that's that's three downloads and four for when we have a guest. Okay, that was really yep. high numbers. Cool. Awesome. 
So, so basically, the, th- the three downloads and meet us three, <laughs> and then the fourth is the guest. Well, one of us doesn't listen because my mum has been downloading. <laughs> oh, it's, pro- it's probably not me. On to our episode of Face for Radio, uh, and similarly to last time, we just wanted to talk about us for a while, just get to know each other in a bit more uh, depth when it comes to acting and performing and just general life. Today, we're going to be looking into the highly highly complex and intricate life and just the system of scott copeland i mean you're bigging this up far too much (laughs) but before we delve deep halfway into the water of that that scott is lying in he's gonna give us his dad joke or bad joke bad joke or dad joke what kind of shoes do ninjas wear sneakers? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've won. I'm honestly not super impressed by the joke, but I like that Sam did it and Scott just went, "Yep." <laughs> actually, actually, lads, the uh, the the punchline is a uh, flat man. Actually, so uh, boom. <laughs> um, bad joke because I knew it, but dad joke for myself. Yeah, I'm afraid it's a bad joke for me. So Scott. <laughs> Oh Sam! Oh Ruben! <laughs> Hello everybody! What are we doing? I sound like I sound like Truman now. <laughs> Shall we uh, partially submerge ourselves into the the backstory of Scott Copeland? Let's submerge ourselves into Scott's backstory, but we're going to do it completely because when it's only partially submerged, he doesn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so Scott. Yeah. Hello. Can you remember or like what is what is your first memory of like either watching or being in a show? Oh. um... I watched at Christmas time on ITV. They used to put watch the ITV pantos at Christmas. Oh yeah, Do you remember them? And I was always kind of I always liked watching them. My mum and my dad. So one day they well they took me to a theatre, and I watched Joseph at the Lowry. Yep. And I was about I want to say I was about eight. Quite a late bloomer then. Well, I mean, I I was. When I was five, I got sent to a drama club by my mum. Classic. Yeah. Slipping through my fingers all the time. <laughs> I know, it's a little bit, isn't it? Right. <laughs> it was just like to, to get me out of my comfort zone because I, could, I couldn't speak until I was about five. Okay. Oh, no. I know. And literally, I, I could speak to my mum and my family, but I couldn't speak in public. So I would always hide most of my conversations in public was hidden behind my mum, and my mum was speaking on my behalf. So you were you were quiet as like a toddler then? Oh yeah, I was I was quiet until maybe I was like maybe thirteen years old. Damn. So which which is if you've heard me on this podcast is very surprising. So, so yeah, I, I am genuinely stunned a bit like that. Yeah, I didn't I didn't I couldn't speak properly, so that was that was kind of the reason I got sent to this. Drama play, so I've been. I think no, I was, I was about four-ish. I think not five. When you say couldn't speak, was it like, like nerves, or was it like impediment? No, I mean, it was it was nerves. Like, I couldn't process words, so I couldn't really like. I, I I knew what I wanted to say. I just couldn't find the guts to say it. If that makes sense. Mm. So yeah, I was I was kind of incredibly shy to the point where like a year and a half into my drama class the tutor never heard me actually speak unless it was through my mum's voice which is weird but like well, not weird but it was weird considering the state that i'm in now just making up for lost time scott state <laughs> yeah i'm just a state at this stage like 
So yeah, they were kind of my earliest memories of the arts and being interested in performing and all that stuff. Do you remember who was Joseph? It was a guy called Craig Chalmers. Because right. there, there was a show on at the time. Do you when Andrew Lloyd Webber did those shows to find the new? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah. was he was part of the um, Any Dream Will Do and he was like the fourth person out. But the year later, he was the understudy. Oh, cool. So he got, when Lee Mead dropped out, Craig Chalmers became... Joseph, so I went to see him, and it was quite good. I enjoyed it overall. There was like, if you've watched uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, Vinegar Strokes, the drag queen, she was in it. Oh, crazy! You watched it? Yeah, this is this is before she was a drag queen though. She played uh, Judah. Okay. Oh yeah. And I, I only found this out when I looked back over the programs recently, and I was like, I recognise, I recognise her, and then it turns out it was actually Vinegar Strokes. Yeah. Ruben, have you seen Joseph? Uh, yeah. Well, when before we realised that my sister is my sister, before she came out, um, she was Joseph in year six. Oh, right. Very good. I was just going to ask who played Joseph, but that makes it clear. <laughs> yeah, I think I did see it live at some point, but I can't remember who played Joseph. Okay. I saw Joe McEldry. Oh, yeah. Northern King. I worked the... The, the place I used to work, the theatre, that show came to yeah. perform. So I, I, I had to watch Joseph about five, six times in three days. <laughs> Unlucky. <laughs> Don't get wrong, I enjoy the show, but once you've heard it twice in a day, you've had enough. There's only so many more Any any Dream Will Do's before you're just thinking, yep, and this is a nightmare now. I understand why they put you in that jail now, Joseph. Any other show will do. <laughs> yeah. I close every door to you. But yeah, Joe McElgy was in that, and he was quite good, to be honest. I like I liked Joe McElgy overall. I was surprised by his ability. He's very good, my, I think. Even from X Factor Series Six when he won. Scott, your knowledge of X Factor. Right, it's 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 not even funny now. It's it's horrible. It's bizarre. I don't know how you do it. It's beyond mind-boggling. Just putting context for anybody who's like doesn't know me that well. I've got a weird memory for like reality TV shows. So Big Brother, Britain's Got Talent, X Factor. You know, Scott, how did this come about? How did you realise you could do this? Like, when was that? What do what might recall stuff. Yeah, like about reality TV though. Because like well, when I watch, I've got quite a, a a weird memory. Like I can't remember long term stuff, but I'm quite good in the. Sorry, I'm quite. I, I can remember stuff from years ago, so I can remember long term, but I can't remember short term. So when I watch like shows like Britain's Got Talent or X Factor, I would get my little notebook out and I would write the name of the act, the age of the act, the act it what the act the act was doing, and if they got through to the next round or not. Just so when I saw them later in the competition, I could remember who they are. Right. And for some reason, that is stuck in my head, and I can't explain why. Crazy. <laughs> but like, on my computer, there's like documents full of all these people who are on the shows. I can't remember who they are, but I just know the names. So there's no like, f- there's no face to the name. Well, no. Well, once I, if they if they show me the face, I can then remember who exactly they are and what they sung and how old they were and stuff like that. But same when I met you lot at uni, I had to write your names down and I had to put a characteristic to your name. So I put Sam, Geordie, even though you're not Geordie. Brilliant. <laughs> Wait, no, what did you put for me? Rue, oh God, I can't remember. I think Rue and I think... Unmemorable. <laughs> <laughs> either either loud or glasses. I put Jewish with a question mark. <laughs> right. Because people were saying that you were Jewish, but you were denying it. So I couldn't decide. <laughs> God, that's amazing. Oh, heavens. <laughs> Jewish? <laughs> yeah, let's put the spotlight back on you, Scott. If you could play any character right now, who would you play? If I could play any character? Yeah. Well, I watched about 10 years ago now, 
I watched the 25th anniversary of Les Miserables, which obviously which had um, Alfie Bow in it and Matt Lucas was in it as well. And Rachel Griffiths. Oh yes, Rachel Griffiths as well. And um, I, wa- I watched it for the first time and I watched it three times in one night because I loved it that much. And I've always had a huge fascination with playing Inspector Javert, which I know is like the generic baritone answer, but it's like it's the first role that I watched where I was just like, yes, I want to play that before yeah. I retire. And it's been that like, I could I could play it tomorrow, and I could retire the day after because that, that's my job complete. When was when was that, Scott? That was about ten years ago. I want to say in like your primary school days. Were you doing, like, acty stuff? No, surprisingly. We didn't have a drama club in my school, growing up in primary. But we had, like, we we had uh, keyboard lessons. We did keyboard for four years. I can't play a, a bit of it now. I can't even read sheet music now. I did guitar for about a month. Just quit that. <laughs> I, was in the, I was in the choir, though, for a couple of years. Yeah. I was, I want to say, one of four boys. Yeah. That's always how it is, isn't it? And I was the only one who was scared of singing, so I couldn't. Oh. Yeah. I didn't sing any song on my own until I was 16. That's crazy. Yeah. So, like, through secondary school as well, you didn't you didn't do anything like that? Uh, secondary school, well, in, it, well, I did Bugsy Malone in year seven. Okay. Then nothing until my last year when I did Grease. But I did stuff out, I did, like, shows outside of high school, but, that, but not, not really as part of the syllabus. So, yeah. I was kind of the least theatrical theatre kid you could imagine. What were you? Do- what do you mean you were doing stuff outside of of school? You were doing like drama clubs and stuff. Yeah, I was do. I did from like 2010 to 2017. No, 2018. I was doing a place called the RTDA, which is part of the Theatre Royal in St Helens. Okay. And we did a big show every year on the stage. We did Midsummer Night's Dream, Oliver. Joseph, Guys and Dolls, Bugsy Malone, Grease, Singing in the Rain, uh, High School Musical, which Sam was in the audience for and won't stop reminding me of it. Classic. Oh, it was yeah. a classic. One of the greatest nights of my life. <laughs> £17.50 well spent, my friend. Yeah, the, well, the prices the prices aren't the best, but it, it kept me out of trouble for a summer. <laughs> kept you out of trouble? What, what sort of trouble would you have got into, Scott? I don't know, which is why I'm happy for the theatre. If I'd never got into musical theatre... I would have taken a dark path. You never know with me, let's be honest. It's just like, but yeah, I, I did all that stuff. But I, I was, I, I, from what I've gathered, I was a proper like because I did it outside of school and I kind of had a proper stage fright in school and did the drama classes. I, I, I found that reason that I was really, really arrogant growing up in high school hmm. because of that. Yeah, because I obviously I did I couldn't act in pub in like school because I was petrified. Yeah, I could act outside of school on a big stage, and people didn't really get that. So I was I was labelled arrogant for a while because of that. So it's it's really it was really weird the way I I I used to act around performing and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Then I got to college and that all changed. So it was just like ridiculous. Yeah. What what happened to sort of change you from being this person who's like um so like in in the background and like will be on stage but doesn't want to be this center of attention to be in like running footloose well i went well in college for the first year i was incredibly shy so i was no different to high school what were you doing in college i was well i did i did a b-tech in performing arts why did you decide to do that after coming from school where you you felt so nervous because i'd always loved performing and i just thought maybe in high school i wasn't doing the right thing mm. So because I thought maybe because it's a performing arts thing, maybe it could be to do with I wanted to go into lighting instead, or I wanted to do okay. set design or directing even. 
But we did stuff like we had to do miming, we had to do clowning, we had to do quote-unquote straight plays, we did musicals, and then I didn't really enjoy it that much until like the end of second year, where we did we did a night of musicals. We did Mamma Mia, Rocky Horror, and uh, Footloose. And I got cast as uh, Sky in Mamma Mia, which we mentioned the other week when... Yeah, because I rave about Mamma Mia all the time. It's yeah, big man Scott Copeland playing Sky Mamma Mia. Oh yeah, and then I got a phone call two weeks in by my my tutor saying, um, well, I, I want to offer you uh, the role of Ren in Footloose on one of the nights. I was like, okay, awesome. And then I hung up on him, then realised I've got no, I've had no training in dance, <laughs> no training in singing. <laughs> Just like I got told I could hold a tune, and but that was it. And I, seriously, I'd, I'd not sung in public since literally 2010 when I did Britain's Got Talent, and that was the last time I'd ever sung. Mm. Seriously, it was it was ridiculous. So I just kind of had to had to learn a lot, all the all the craft in about three months, and then by the end of it, my tutor was just like, you got like, a lot of faith in what I was going to do. So he taught me all the dances. I stayed till late every day to practice. And it got to the show, and it was just like, you're, you're a totally different guy. You probably should be doing musical theatre as your career path. So that was kind of how I properly got heavily invested in it, really. Yeah. So it's kind of the opposite of Ruben's when you think about it, because Ruben's like always been convinced that he knew what part of the industry he was going to go into. So I am, I'm just... I'm... I had no idea that you were like super super shy until you were like seventeen. Yeah. Because then you're like you rocked up to uni and you were like quite shy, but in the way that everyone is when they get to uni, because yeah. it's like loads of new people. It's weird, like, cause, well, I, like in 2010, I auditioned for Britain's Got Talent, but I'm like not thinking I'd get into it. I just signed up for it as a laugh, and then I got yeah. a, an, an email back saying you've got an audition. And we, we queued up for about twelve hours, me and my mum. Yeah. And then my mum put a status on Facebook. And I came into school the next day, and all the people there were just slating me for it. Mm. It was ridiculous. I feel that pain. Yeah, I know. It's like obviously when you when you're in school, like kids can be a pain in the ass. And looking back at it, you can just tell they don't mean it. But at the time, it was kind of like, oh dear, this is this is not this is not the reaction I was expecting. When we were in year seven, what year would that have been? Uh, Two thousand and ten. Was it twenty ten? Yeah, because I'm. I, this is going to sound really daft, but I remember who got eliminated on the X Factor that day that I auditioned. Oh, good. Who was it? Aiden Grimshaw, which is horrible. I, I know that's the only way I remember it. That's the year me and my sister auditioned for Britain's Got Talent as well. Really? Uh, when I was in year seven, yeah, we went to Edinburgh, and it was like queuing all day, like for the, for like thirty seconds in the room. Yeah, and then going back to school, and everyone was like. Yeah, I feel that pain. I know it's 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 re- it was re- it kind of it, it knocked me confidence a lot, but like mm. looking back at it, yeah, it was only when I got into college and I just thought, okay, I need I need to put my big boy boots on now. I think probably... it is that comfort of being surrounded by people who understand like yeah. how yeah. you feel and how other people so easily can make you feel like not doing it anymore. Okay. Oh yeah, it's it's it, like I did a when I was like. 16, me and my mates did this showcase concert thing outside of school, and all my mates were doing these solo songs and they were getting these massive big praises and all that, and the director was just like um, do you want to, are you doing a solo? And I went, no. And he said, why not? And I said, I, 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 I don't know. And he said, right, if you don't know, then you're doing it. Just out of the blue, I was like, oh god, okay. Um, so I agreed to it. I had two singing lessons beforehand, mm. I did this, I think I sung Stars from Les Mis, because of, of course I would sing Stars from Les Mis. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. And um, 
that was kind of like I did it once, and then I came into college the next morning and I sung the song for Mamma Mia for the first time out loud, and I've never done and like I've never looked back, which is really weird. Yeah, that's good though; it's positive. Yeah, it's just kind of like I, I if, if I didn't make that move, then I wouldn't have done it. So it's it's weird. It's good that you like overcame that after people like because I always I this is the thing that I say a lot: you should never be the reason that someone doesn't do the thing that they love. Oh yeah. So like, if you want to sing and they were stopping you from being that, then like that is just horrendous. I kind of progressed at my own speed, and now I'm kind of I'm on the right level now. If that makes sense. Only it took a lot longer, but other than that, it's fine. I'm I'm, I'm all good now. Scott Copeland, being of ultimate potential. I can't be any worse than I was when I started. So that's that's my mentality of it now. <laughs> I've stunned Ruben. It's brilliant. It's just like <laughs> yeah, I'm just amazed. I had no idea. I assumed that all of us were going to be like, well, when I was in like year six. But that's... Has this really stunned you? Or are you just like the, the, the comic effect? No, genu- genuinely, I, I had no idea. Yeah. So Scott, um, coming, coming back to a sort of life in a, in a, as like a theatre person, obviously um, with sort of coronavirus hitting as you finished uni, you didn't get a chance to sort of go out into the world and show them what you got. Yeah. Once coronavirus sort of finishes and theatres begin to reopen again, uh, have you got any sort of plan that you're going to be going for? Well, I don't know yet. Because at, well, at the time of recording, I was meant to be in Yorkshire yeah. doing an acting job. And I was hoping that that would have led on to more things, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And the, obviously the agent I'm with now, they've got, they got me that job in the first place. So I was hoping that I would get a bit more work as it went along. So that could be like singing at weddings, singing at you know birthdays or stuff like that, which I don't mind doing because it was fun. Like I did. I did a gig with Ruben once, let's, let's do which was a laugh, and that was yeah. That, that, yeah, we won't talk about that. But like, it was yeah, like, what? Like, Sam, do you know the story about what happened at our gig? I don't. Oh right, here we go. We so, don't have to do this. I'm a professional. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not. It's not bad. It was. It, it's just. It was a bit of a mix-up with what one of the songs we sung. Okay. <laughs> um, we sung. It's just a, not a good song. No, it's not a good song, but we've sung a song called Well, Did You Ever from High Society. Okay. Which, in, in the original film, is Frank Sinatra and Bing Crosby, and the night was like a, a, a swing jazz-style concert thing. Yeah. And it was one of the ones that was requested that we sing, so we thought, okay, we'll do it then. And we'd uh-huh. rehearsed, all, and we'd rehearsed every single week, we'd, we'd, met, we'd met up, and um, the last couple of weeks, we got it, we got it spot on, and we thought, okay, we're doing, we're doing well at this. Good, the car yeah. journey on the way up, we sung it in the car, spot on. Get to the actual performance, however, and the song is very much repetitive. It's a lot of like speak singing and back and forth. Yeah. And Ruben opened the song with obviously his opening line. I opened, I did my next line, and suddenly Ruben starts singing a line, but from later on in the song. As you do, yeah. And what makes it worse is the line he was singing was mine. It was Scott's line, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And it got to the it got to the night, and Ruben said this line, and I had to randomly make up a line which made no sense whatsoever, and it just went back and forth. Because and we... I got the giggles, and it was just us making stuff up. Yeah. Um, because Scott <laughs> Scott <laughs> knew the words anyway because he'd already done the song. Yeah, but, I, I um, had no ex- I... I had no excuse other than the fact that Ruben had knit my lines, so that was it. <laughs> yeah, I it's firstly shout out to Steve if he's listening. Sorry about that. And, um, <laughs> second, he loved it anyway. He was hammered. Uh, Ruben, but... that was t- that was two years ago. The other week, that 
Well, yeah, isn't it crazy? And that was how, how time flies. I know. Also, sorry, Sam, that I didn't ask you as well, but I don't think you were local at the time. Just like, I am deeply offended. You've, got, you've gone home by that point. No, excuses, Scott. Excuses, excuses. I know. No, I think I think you. Yeah, no, you did. You asked Sam first about that, and there was a reason that Sam couldn't do it. Yeah, I did ask you because because then you were like, Ruben, I've already asked Sam, so I'm going to ask you now, and I was like, all right. Uh, off to a good start. Uh, yeah, so sorry, Ruben, if I offended you. No, that's all right. It's okay. Any chance to be in uh, in limelight? That's very oh. true. So that was like during uni. Yeah. Um, yeah. When you were like coming out of your Ren and and Sky phase. Oh yeah, we we all had that phase growing up as a sixteen year old or seventeen year old. Everyone has a principal boy phase. Coming out of college, how did how did you decide on Edge Hill? Well, I'm, this is this is I went through a very very methodical process behind this. Uh, I picked the uni that was closest to my house. What? What a guy. That was it. Just. The, like, my college tutor was just like, oh, you need to... We're doing our UCAS, which is a pain in the back, so at the best of times. Yeah. And um, he said, um, whereabouts do you want to go? And I said, I don't know. And he said, well, maybe you should start having a look. I went, yeah, maybe I should. Two weeks later, Scott, where are you going? I don't know. So he just said, um, well, Edge Hill's the closest to you. They do a musical theatre course. I went, yep. Yeah. Now what? He said, well, you need to put an application in. And it was like it was basically like he Bang was on. he was telling me what to do at the best of times, and I was like, yes, sir, yes, master, whatever you say. Just like, <laughs> and I, I had one for you, clan in Preston, okay. which I didn't go to just because the travel would have been a bit of a pain. <laughs> Despite the fact I could have moved in, which I didn't for some reason. Yeah. Wish I had. So, so the whole reason that you went to Edge Hill was just because buses are easier. There. It was close. <laughs> and I didn't even get a bus. I got dropped off every morning. So my mum was just like, oh, for the first week, I'll take you to uni. And she drove me up. And then I got to week two and she was like, I may as well just take you in the morning. It'll save you money. I was like, yep, yeah, probably. But like, I, I went to the audition. I did all right. Not wasn't like expecting anything else. A few weeks later, yeah. I got an email saying they've offered me a place. The first thing I did was I went to McCullough's tutor and said, now what do I do? And he said, well, do you want to be bored for the next three years? I went, no. And he said, okay, then say yes. So that's the end of it. That's the end of it. Yeah, like I'd never had a campus tour. I'd never been to an open day. Wow. I just showed up and thought, okay, this will do. A classic Scott thought process. Yeah, and then I met Sam Brown, and I've never looked back. It's, that just—that sounds like we're in some sort of weird couple. The way you said that. No, I enjoy it. I ship you too. Well, mate, we—we've—we've we, we, had to rely on each other over the last couple of years. We have no thoroughly though. We really—we have on several occasions. I've relied on your floor for many of the first year. Yes, and most of the third year. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, coming into uni, this brings me to one point I did want to discuss with you. Um, so we can either do it now or in mine because it will be discussed, but I wanted to talk about rent. Ah, uh, yes. Right, okay. Specifically that Reuben, Scott, and myself were all in rent. Reuben got out of rent. Me and Sam could not get out of rent. I was doing other things at the time that had to take precedence. Can, can I first ask, before we discuss this, are we allowed to talk about rent? I just want to talk about, like, to be, like for me... Rent was a really good time in my life. Like, a lot of people are, like, currently hold grudges about rent due to things that happened later on in the process. Yeah. To do with admin, to do with the theatre that we performed it in. But for me, rent was like making a lot of friends. Oh, yeah, 100%. Having a good time. 
and I wanted to just hear your opinion on on that because obviously that was like our, our first performance together. Yeah, um, I mean, like obviously I was I was close with you, you two, for like, but I wasn't close to Ruben, but I knew him. And then over the course of it, we kind of we all, all we all had to rely on each other, really, didn't we? Because we have to find like obviously we have to get on in the show, and we all managed for some reason we all managed to click, which is very strange, mm. really. Because like, oh, especially but the lads, we clicked instantaneously. Really, it did feel like a family coming together and and like making stuff work. Yeah, it was the first time I'd felt like an adult. Oh yeah, same. Like when you go to uni and and you're living there, it still just feels like you're away on holiday a bit, doesn't it? Like when you first go. Oh yeah. And it was the first time I'd felt like, okay, I need to like get my life together here. Same, really. It was kind of like we we all had to kind of put our big big person boots on and try and. Mm. get through and do the best we could really yeah hello again i hope you guys are all enjoying the episode just a quick note in the middle here to let you know again that today's episode is brought to you by roan roan is clothing that inspires men to live healthy strong and free building best-in-class products is no easy task in fact it is a grueling process of trial error and at times unexpected success roan work tirelessly to ensure the products you order exceed expectations Roan is clothing made for men specifically, for everything from the gym to the office, and we are teaming up with them and Podgo to bring our listeners this exclusive offer of 25% off a pack of three Roan polo shirts by going to podgo.co slash Roan. That's podgo, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O slash R-H-O-N-E for 25% off a pack of three polos. Roan, clothing that helps you move forward forever. Now, if you wouldn't mind joining me back on the main event of Scott Copeland. On top of Rent, what kind of performances during uni and, like, things that affected your life in uni kind of stick out to you? Um, well, in, well, in second year of uni, I think speaking on behalf of me and Sam was quite a I had a lot of turmoil in that year. <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. Yeah, I think, yeah obviously, I'm, get, I'm assuming Sam will be talking about his turmoil later on in the series. Yeah, likely. But in, in second year for me, I was temporarily, quote-unquote, homeless in uni. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting. Yeah. Well, well, I, I, I had a home to go to. I just couldn't always go home, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Without going into detail. So I spent mo- about 80% of my uni life in second year on sofas mostly Callum Truman's who is a, a previous guest occasionally on Reuben Austin's sofa yeah. and occasionally on Sam Brown's spur bed in his uh, temporary accommodation yeah which was difficult at the time yeah so it was it was a very very tricky time for me in that year and I was kind of I, I nearly dropped out of, u- of uni about three times in second year just because I couldn't do anything properly until we did a module called acting through song which um, unfortunately both ruben and sam were not in the audience for for my performance (laughs) (laughs) whoops we did have good reason we did have a good reason we did (laughs) definitely you are contractually obliged to go yeah the fact that like ruben's year group and my girlfriend were in another show on the same night in the opposite theater yeah, that was badly planned, yeah, wasn't it? it? Let's be it honest. It was, yeah. Much of that year was badly planned. All right, <laughs> but like we have to for people who don't know the the the, um, the the module itself, we have to pick a musical theatre character and another musical theatre song not sung by that character and a pop song and sing them both in the style of the character. 
And up until on, to, on that night, I was second to last. The worst position to be in. Yeah, because what makes it worse is the two the people the person in front of me was our good friend Hannah, yeah. who is great most of the time. So she's superb. What? <laughs> what do you mean great most of the time? That's such like a backhanded compliment. No, because I no that's she's you great know what I mean? like, most of the time. <laughs> sorry, she's great all of the time, Hannah. <laughs> Hannah, consistent 100%er. And Hannah, if you are watching this, you know what I meant. I do miss you. <laughs> oh, and she does. She does listen to the podcast as well. I and then, then it was me, and and then it was our, our mate Bridget Dakin, Ooh. who again is great all of the time a tough act to have follow you to be fair yeah very talented singer so i was in the i was in the worst possible position known to man and i went out i played i played the beast in beauty and the beast and i sung who i'd be from shrek went out did it came back up, up by at the end of the show came out to see everybody and i got non-stop raving reviews for about three yeah. days afterwards and i must say i have watched the recording of your performance and that was one of my yeah, favorites that it i've was, seen scott it was impressive it was very good you know like, like it was, it, it's the first time i've ever done a show and i've walked off stage and just thought yeah you did all right there mate oh i then a few days later i uploaded a recording of it which sam i think is referring to yeah and i had about i'm gonna say about 100 comments on underneath it which i've never had before yeah, and and that was like, wow, I've done quite well here. I've done all right, right. <laughs> like, so that was kind of a big confidence booster in a way. Yeah, and especially considering that until that point, I was probably one of the more nervous of all the people performing. It's hard watching watching everyone else go and get theirs done. Yeah. Oh God, it seriously. I my my rule is never go never go first and never go last. But what I wasn't expecting was to be second to last. Yeah. That's just a, that's, that equals yeah. the same thing. Put me halfway through at least. Do you know what I mean? Or put me before the interval or beginning of Act 2, just not the very end. And then obviously I did my dissertation, which you two were superb in, I must point out. Oh, thanks, man. I did like two lines. You, yeah, you learned your one line superbly, Ruben. You really did. Thanks, Scott. It was the best I've ever seen you perform. 100%. And obviously, Sam, you you were singing as well as acting, which is good. Well, I mean, I'm great most of the time. Yes, you are. Just just mo- just most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Which yeah, but the dissertation I did, which was about men's mental health, I did that. And on, well, me and Sam were in a bit of a predicament for our dissertations because yeah, until late February, ours were going to be performed live to an audience. And then COVID-19 decided to come to the UK on its holidays. And it's unfortunately has stayed its welcome and will not be leaving. So we had to do it either virtually or we had to do a written one. Yeah. So I decided, no, nah, I'm not. I'm not having a written dissertation. I can't. I can't even write a sentence without saying, um, I don't know. So I, I had forty odd participants. We recorded a line of dialogue each. A few songs, edited it, all, edited it all together. I can't say edited it for some reason. And then, yeah, that ended up getting 91 out of 100, which is unheard of, apparently, at the best of times. Yeah, yeah. So that was very good. Even even then, one was more directing than performing. So I've, ever since then, I've had kind of a passion for writing and directing stuff as well. So I, I learned a lot from Edgehill University, surprisingly. Crazy times, Will. I mean, I, I would expect you to learn a lot from university. Yeah, but like, I learned a lot about not just performing but about the whole creative process of all of it and what i need to do to get an idea on a piece of paper and get started and the next steps and all that so i've learned, it's, there are two things i've definitely learned from 
uni and also me and Sam did a performance of Moby Dick recently as well. Well, not recently, yeah. nearly a year ago. Just and before that was, lockdown, wasn't it? Yeah. And as much as I had my ups and downs of that show, that was a lot of... We, 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 we worked together as a team to get the job done. It was bl- blood, sweat and tears. Well, yeah, in my in my case, literally blood, sweat and tears. Yeah. The amount of times I injured myself during that <laughs> show. And we got it done. So that was a good... Like a good little way of working together as a team. It's quite emotional thinking about Moby Dick, with it, with us being so unaware that it was the last thing we would be performing for a very long time. And yeah, it's weird. And just thinking about it, like I don't know about you, Scott, but that like ominous when you start uni, that ominous third year show that you think is like the the big one. Yeah. For uni, and then you think back, and it is such like a personal highlight of like life and acting yeah yeah it's just nothing beats doing like a proper full show yeah yeah i mean like obviously like moby dick i had my ups and downs with all the time mostly downs to be honest mm. but looking back at it it was kind of like well we were very unlucky with the the lecturers going on strike for like three months of the rehearsal process yeah we're, we're just gonna go script, on a rant now aren't we just like... the script and the and the score being completely unmatching like everything went wrong apart from the acting and the music. The fact that we had to edit the script and the score together to such an extent that a three-hour-long musical turned out to be 40-minute halves. Yeah. Yikes. Which was insane at the best of times. Yeah. You know. Wild. Yeah, but we worked together as a team, though, and that's the bit I look back on with fondness. Yeah. yeah I think when, you, when you get shows like this where things go wrong and it's all that kind of stuff, you do look back and think... I actually like with um with your in town which got cancelled and then changed to better. Yeah. Yeah. During the your in town process, even though we didn't put it on and even though it's your in town, so it's like a different sort of musical, we still all really, really bonded because we were doing a big thing together. Yeah. And we could share in the experience. That's just nothing quite like it, is that? So true. Yeah, it's just one just one of them really, isn't it? You've got to looking back on it, you've got to look on with fondness and think what was we worked together as a team and not Yes, it was the last time we all worked together. And it's probably like one of the last few times I probably may ever work with, with Sam again, which is weird. Which is sad because we thought we were going to be doing more stuff together at that point. So hopefully whenever COVID sorts itself out, we can all actually... <laughs> hopefully as as soon as Ruben sorts himself out and finishes writing one of these shows. Yeah. One of my next plans involves you two, actually. <laughs> oh, God. I'm glad we know about it now. <laughs> Yeah, what does the, the future hold for us, lot? Well, well Re- Ruben, you actually, you actually know a lot about this because you are my proofreader. Oh, no, I do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been writing a miniseries. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. No reaction there, but cheers, lads. <laughs> um, and it, it's set, it involves three friends who are talking over maybe Zoom, maybe uh, a Facebook call. We don't know yet. And they are just talking about life in lockdown and all this stuff. And all the episodes are linked together, so there's a recurring cast and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I was I was considering you two as two of the leads. Nice to be considered. Oh, hey, we'd love to hear it. Yeah, so hopefully whenever... Well, I've written episode one, which I think Rubens must have read multiple times, considering he's like the proofreader. Yeah, it's good though. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, so hopefully I'm going to get a couple more episodes... Um, Sort it out soon, and then I can get them, hopefully, edited enough so we can perform them, if you're both interested. Well, it's good that you're keeping yourself busy and, and active and keeping that, that creative juices flowing through the brain. Oh, yeah. I, I can tell, Sam, you are absolutely ecstatic about that new idea that we're having. <laughs> hey, a job's a job. 
Indeed. 100%. Job's a job. Scotty. Yes. Before we stop you in your tracks, having thought about everything that's that's happened in your life and, and discussed just what makes Scott tick, is there any resolutions for this year, 2021, coming up that, that you'd like to apply to yourself? Anything you want to do or anything you want to, to change or, or have happen? Well, um, until now, I didn't think of any. I couldn't think of a, a specific one. But then I started writing them down. Any ideas? And I've got about five. Oh, but I'll good. narrow it down. I'll narrow it down to two of them, which I, I quite like. The first one is um, stop caring about what other people think. That's a good one. Because obviously, most of the reasons why I was lacking in a bit of confidence growing up was because I was too scared about what people would say if I performed or. Yeah. Obviously, you know. Obviously, you know. If you're in, if you're a, unfortunately, if you're a man who is interested in musical theatre, the stereotype is, you know, you you are you must be gay, for example. Yeah. And that kind of always stopped me in high school because I'm not gay, but when you're in high school, that is used as more of a slur than an acceptance, unfortunately. So now that the world's progressed more, I want to stop caring about what other people are saying about that. Mm. I think as you grow up as well, as you as you get older and everyone around you gets older, there is less of that, but it is still there. Yeah, yeah, it's still the st- it's still a huge stereotype. So I just I just want to stop caring about what other people say. Like if you're going to be negative, then keep it to yourself. <laughs> like if 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 you if you don't like somebody, just don't ruin their day because you don't like them. Yeah, that's a great that's a great advice bit. I like that. Yeah, and the and the other and the other one is something that ironically my granddad said to me was one of the last thing, one of the last things I ever heard him say to me unfortunately rest his soul uh, he said um, start putting yourself first which I'm going to start doing as well yeah because I, I, I tend to be kind of always worried about other people and asking if they're okay mm. in scenarios like if Ruben's upset I look after Ruben same with Sam and I don't often put myself first I keep thinking oh, I'll, I'll sort these people out and then I'll worry about me later or if they're happy I'm happy so I'm going to start looking after me more than last year. Yeah. Which I think is fair. Yeah, 100%. Because I think, it's, especially with COVID-19 going around, and even if, you don't, even if you're lucky enough not to catch it, you've still got to be looking after your mental health, looking after your own like physical health, looking after what you're going to do, your finances, your jobs, your all that. So you've got to start just like considering your own options before other people's as well. So that they're my two rules and regs. Sound really good. Oh yes, it's a new year, new me, Samuel. New year, new Scott. Yes, but I w- chances are I will still be the love, lo- the lovable loon that I am. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> lovable loon, Scott Copeland. Oh yes. No doubt the new year will go super fast. Uh, new year, Zoom Scott. Zoom Scott. With that, would you please give us this episode, Scotty or Naughty? <laughs> Actually, Sam, this um, this Scotty or Naughty actually involves you. Huh? Yeah. Ooh. My favourite type of Scotty or Naughty. So, Sam doesn't know this. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. But on his birthday last year, I came into uni with a cake for him. However, before I got a chance to meet Sam, I left my cake in a room and I came back and somebody had eaten it. And it's one question each, right? 
I assume you've probably got multiple questions after that. Well. I always have several questions, but if we're limiting ourselves to one question each, um, I'm going to say, how do you know that they ate it? Like, was 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 it left like a plate with crumbs on it, like when Santa visits? Or, like, <laughs> well, what was going on? When 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 I say cake, I literally mean a cupcake, not a giant, huge, humongous cake. It was a no, yeah, it was a cupcake. Uh, my sister had been making them a couple of days before, and they'd finally kind of reached perfection. And I said, I'll take one in for Sam for his birthday, because at the time he, we were allowed in uni. And um, I left it in a room, one of the rehearsal rooms, and I came back and the wrapper around it, like the little cake dish, was left crumpled up, but the cake was nowhere to be seen. Mm, damn. Somebody had come into the room, obviously had looked at it and thought, oh, there's a cake there. I'd scoffed it, left the wrapper behind and walked away. Scoffed it. Sam, have you got a question? Hmm. Uh, well, firstly... You best hope it's not true. Right, why? Because if it's true, if it's true, I'll be absolutely fuming <laughs> that one less cake has entered my stomach than possible. Yeah. You know what? I think I might just reject my option of a question because I'm so angry. Wow. Oh, come on, you've got to have a question, at least. Come on. Well, here's my thinking. I don't think I was in uni on my birthday this year. You were, because me, you, Truman, and... Our friend Tom Patterson went out on a night out for your birthday. Yes, but that doesn't mean we were in uni. No, but we, you were in the vicinity of Ormskirk. I was in uni that day. And as I said before, before I got chance to meet you, the cake was taken. So whether or not you were in uni or not doesn't really matter. The fact is that you were, stu- you were still local enough that I could have given you the cake. I also can't see you just carrying around an unwrapped cupcake. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking. Like It was in Tupperware. It wasn't in, like... I didn't just have it in my pocket. Right, okay, that decides it then. Because if it was in Tupperware, there was no chance someone would just go in and eat a random cupcake in Tupperware. I'm saying naughty. I'm definitely saying naughty. I think Scott... If he, if Scott was going to bring a cake, it would be, like, a cake rather than a cupcake. Yeah. Scotty doesn't do things by horse. That's true. So you're both saying naughty. Uh-huh. Naughty. Well, you're both wrong, because it's true. It's a Scotty... What? Oh, what? That's true. That is so sly. Someone invaded your Tupperware and ate yeah. a cupcake. I was in I was in uni, uh, just practicing some singing. I'd obviously taken this cake. I was walking around with this Tupperware. I was holding it. Left it on the desk by the computer. I then walked away, I think, to go to get a drink. I come back and the lid was off the Tupperware. The wrapper was crumpled up in a in a ball at the corner of the, the tub and the cake was gone. Wow. Is it bad that I immediately want to blame George? No, he wasn't there. <laughs> it's like, it can't have been George. Oh yeah, it was this year just gone. Yeah. I still think it was him. <laughs> but yeah, but the fact is now that that, that was that was it, it should be a nice story that I actually considered getting you a cake and I did get you a cake. But now the fact is it, it was ruined by somebody eating it the cake. Well, you know what? I appreciate the gesture. Oh, cute. Oh, I was fuming, though. Good God, I was. <laughs> and with that, our journey of Scott Copeland is complete. Yeah, can I also apologise for it not being as funny as the rest of them are? <laughs> just like... <laughs> I don't... Uh, well, we kind of knew coming into this it wasn't going to be as funny. It's just, you know, yeah, getting to know each like other. A, it's, it's, it's like a, a heartfelt little series. Yeah. Of, like, it's about us. It's the roots. Oh, yeah, it's a the lovely little one. of FFR. Yeah, the roots Indeed. So without further ado, this is... a. Uh, Snoop of a finish from sensational rapper Scott Copeland. Yo, yo. See you later, yo. I don't know. Perfect. It rhymed! (laughs) Oh, it does, it does! Yes! I'm so happy.
Brilliant! <laughs> oh god. Is it wrong that when you, when you see like, the rappers do this thing with their hands, like a uh, yo or something? I did that right, as well. Scott, we can't see you. Oh damn it, okay, never mind. But I was in the zone. And he is logging out for the night. It is Facebook top follower of Wheelbarrows Weekly, Ruben Austin. Don't worry, guys. I'll be back tomorrow with more barrows. See you in a bit. And of course, <laughs> it's not goodbye for me. It's never goodbye. This is a see you later on the next episode of Face for Radio. Take care, guys. Yeah.